0: Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Pat Donovan. Joining me tonight is the Dark
1: Lord from the road, (laughs) Nick Ligatino. I'm live from the tractor, uh, Fatty fatty. (laughs) Patty. Breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9.
0: Very nice, very nice. So we've got a nice show lined up for you guys tonight. We're going to run through some injuries and then some more player spotlights talking about players that have caught our eyes for better or for worse. So to kick it off in terms of the injury news, Blake Snell stubbed his toe on a decorative item in his bathroom (laughs) and has hit the 10-day DL. Now, it's not believed to be serious. But uh Nick is this a potential buying opportunity or do you think
1: Snell's just been too good at this point Um it, I don't think it's a buying opportunity because everyone's making it out to be like it's nothing I personally Snell owner I'm a little bit more worried than most because I've se- we've ooh, seen wow. bro- what was that I said ooh wow I didn't I didn't realize that well because we've seen broken toes in the past on pitchers and it's and, and sometimes it it lingers. I mean, you put a lot of um, push off on, on, on both feet, not just, you know, your planted foot. Um, so, you know, even if it's right foot and you're a lefty or your left foot and you're a righty, it really doesn't matter. Um, it, 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 it could be something. So I'm a little worried scale one to 10, like a three, but it's being downplayed as if it's nothing and a broken bone is always something. So that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I echo, what your what your sentiment is as far as whether or not you're able to buy him I do not think that you can um at least low because it is being made into a big a minor deal and yeah I mean as far as injuries go I mean this isn't this isn't a significant toe I believe it's like it's fourth one um it's not like it's the big toe so I'm not I'm not terribly worried about it affecting him if I could buy him well I would but I do not think you're going to be able to so uh, Francisco Lindor is very close to a return. He could even be back on uh, tomorrow, actually. Um, so, uh, any thoughts on Lindor? Do you or do you see him rebounding quickly uh, off the DL, or are you waiting and seeing?
1: Well, I'm surprised he's back so fast. Um, I thought it would be a little, a couple, maybe a couple of more weeks. Um, but I think I he's... thought so too. But I think they might be rushing him. To be honest. Um. I mean, it's possible. The offense is terrible, uh, but, I mean, the calf injury was like – it was a significant calf injury, and you do not want to rush that injury back. Um, That's something that you want to give the player, like, the most time possible to to recover from because it is such a reoccurring injury. Um, But once the ankle is healed, it's healed. So, I don't know. He could really be 100%. It might not be um, them rushing him back, but he's he's instantly going to – provide huge fantasy value. I, uh, if, if you drafted him, um, then uh, congratulations, you made it through uh, the darkest hour. He's going to be awesome going forward. And, and, and I'm not so sure that his speed takes a big hit, as most analysts are saying. You know, I'm, I'm one of those analysts that, I, I don't know it's going to take a big hit, but I, I just
0: expect it to be um, a little less pace-wise than what we've typically seen. I mean, you're dealing with a guy that's now gone through two lower half injuries, um, both presumably while running. I mean, we don't know exactly what happened with the calf, yeah. but we do know that the ankle injury occurred on the base paths. Um, and, and he's obviously an integral part of their offense because now it becomes really a two-man show or or a two-and-a-half-man show, uh, as it would be with him and Jose Ramirez. But I, I just can't I, – I, I'm just – I'm not a buyer on him. I'm, I'm very worried about the fact that those lower half injuries have happened. And we had one occur and then the ankle injury ah. they were saying was going to be more severe. I, I mean they, they, they were talking a yeah. few weeks before he was gonna be back and then suddenly out of nowhere he was playing rehab games and um you know and, and is gonna be back, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe maybe the start of next week. Um it, it just seems a little um rushed to me. Now I understand what you're saying in terms of well, listen. Sprained ankle is a sprained ankle. If it starts to feel good, it starts to feel good, and you know you're you can accelerate whatever it is you're doing. And everybody heals differently from that type of injury, but mm. I don't know. It just sticks in my craw a little bit. And um, the Indians' offense also been a total mess. I mean, that's not an attractive situation. Not as attractive as it as it was last year. Definitely not. Um, you know, if you've held him, you're obviously going to see what he can do but I personally wouldn't be buying at any price that an owner would want to receive for their patients for him coming back. Okay. Gary Sanchez suffered a calf strain, uh, is on the 10 day DL. Uh, he's the latest Yankee injury, but ran in the outfield today. Reports are that they expect him back before the end of the month. Um, Nick, any thoughts here and anybody you're looking at as a
1: potential fill in for the next week or so? Austin Romine. God, so easy. They're his backup. The better catcher in New York. <laughs> you know I love Romine. Yeah, I, mean, I know you do, but I'm not gonna agree well, with that statement at all. Well, listen, real real baseball, he's like one of the best hitters with running and scoring runners in scoring position. Fantasy baseball, I get it. He's not that valuable. So for me, I, I love him. Um but as far as uh, catcher pitch pitch pickups. Um, Alfaro has been tearing the skin off the ball. Yep. He's on my list. Oh, he is. Cause I remember you didn't like Alfaro in the off season. I mean, the pickings are slim, dude. <laughs> I know. 29%. It, on, it yeah. is, but he's, he's, he's at least got, high. if it sucks that he's in Miami. Cause if he was anywhere else, he'd be like Wellington Castino Castillo, like in Baltimore. Like he'll, he's going to be like really shitty average, but potential of like 25 plus home runs. Um, but he's 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 hitting them in Miami, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and th- that's the point with Alfaro. I mean, to me, he's just hot, so I'll buy him while he's hot. Um, Cervelli is off to a bad start. He's at 50% on Yahoo. Um, but he's definitely better than he's shown at this point. Um, you know, you just got to try and catch somebody um, – with yeah, and certain games coming up, maybe. I mean, it's going to be a week. So, I mean, if you look and see who's coming into who's coming into Colorado or who's coming into Cincinnati, um, or, or Texas or or Yankee Stadium, um, you know, you might just be better off doing that and hope to run into a homer or two based upon the matchups.
1: Yeah, and Cervelli, um, regardless of his struggle so far, he's not budging from the top of that lineup. So. You know he he's still up there, like batting third every night.
0: Yep, yeah he's he's been in an attractive been an attractive spot, and that lineup's not deep enough that they're going to boot him out. Uh, and I mean, like, uh, he's just he's just had some crappy Babbitt there's nothing, there's nothing there that indicates to me that he's any different than the player that he was last year. It's just a rough start to the year. Yeah. Okay, Aruda viscaino out for the year with a shoulder injury. Oh, so dude. AJ Minter looks like the favorite to take the job. Um, but he blew a save the other day. Do you think that this might be where Craig Kimbrell finally lands? Uh, And what are your thoughts on Minter?
1: Um, I mean, it's, I don't know how the Braves don't go out and get him. Um, This is a tailor-made situation right now to go and grab the guy. Um, We're already a month and a half into the season. They could probably get him at a discount and they really need him. Um, As far as Minter goes, He's been he's been all over the place this year. Um, the control has not been there. He's walking guys. He's just getting blown out of the water. And last year coming up, um, I I think you were high on him. I know some of our friends were high on him in our league. I wasn't as high on Minter as most. I think that he does have, uh, you know, the stuff is good. But he's still extremely raw, in my opinion, and too volatile to be a reliable closer. That's why last year I kind of – and last year and this year, you know I've been a big Vizcaino guy because he's got the experience and he's been consistent. I I just didn't see why the Braves would, a contending team, throw kind of a wild card into that that slot when you've got Vizcaino who's been not lights out fantasy-wise but has been a reliable uh, closer. He doesn't blow saves. Um so I Minter is definitely worth the ad now. He's gonna get you the saves going forward for the foreseeable future. But yeah, I do think that Kimbrel ends up here and I think eventually um Minter will lose the job.
0: Yeah, I mean I am pretty clueless on where Kimbrell or, or Keichel for that matter is gonna end up. I'm kind of sick of guessing about it. Uh, I agree with you, this does seem like a pretty good spot for it given the brave situation. Um, Yeah, and you're right. I mean, Minter Minter has been erratic to start the year, but, I mean, we're talking about, like, five innings. So, I mean, you don't want to put too much on that, and he is a guy that missed some time this spring and and into the year due to injury. So that can explain the slow start. I think he is hands down their best reliever at this point. So, I mean, even with the struggles, I don't know that he's going to lose it unless there's another player that emerges, um, seemingly from the abyss. Um so I I mean if Kimball goes there, obviously he's gonna lose it, but even then you're gonna get a few weeks um in the job, I think. So um Minter's definitely worth the pickup if he's available. Obviously this is a few days after this caino has gone down, so is likely not available and given the fact that Minter was seeing an odd opportunity here there is probably owned anyway. Um so with the Rockies, uh David Dahl was back tonight. Ryan McMahon, I think, is also back tonight. If not, he'll be back shortly. Hampson didn't run with the opportunity, so I I think McMahon is safe. And him and Dahl arrived just in time to see a series in Colorado. Any thoughts there, Nick?
1: Um, Yeah, I think McMahon is – you have to add him right now. And I think you need to also uh, add Hampson as well.
0: Why would you add both of them? What was that?
1: Why would you add both of them? Well, I'm not saying add both. I'm saying, like, add, add one of them. I mean, McMahon was off to a ridiculous start. Now he's going to get more regular at bats. I think he's going to be really good going forward. Um, and Hampson, like, did, did you doubt the talent at all coming into this year? No, not at all. I, own, I actually own two dynasty shares on
0: Hampson. I mean, yeah. I think that he's actually a pretty good player. It's just been a matter of the Rockies being the Rockies.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, he he got off to a really bad start. And I think that with him, once he hits his stride, he's going to be impossible to find on any waiver wire. is my point. So, like a stash guy. Yeah, I don't have any issue with that.
0: I just got confused because I was like, why would you? I mean, it it just seems to me. If you've got the room to stash Samson, sure. Um, But in most leagues, you don't have a guy, you don't have a spot on your roster to stash a guy that's not playing every day. It becomes, becomes difficult. So... Um, You know, if you've got the space, if you've got the the depth of your league warrants it, I'm perfectly okay with keeping Hampson on there. Um, But I think McMahon is, you know, a potential starter. I mean, as most guys in Colorado are, I I expect that he will see close to everyday playing time as long as he's healthy. Mm -hmm. And he's got that nice eligibility, too. I think he's got three positions in Yahoo, at least. Um, Okay, uh, a couple of injuries in the Cardinals outfield. Harrison Bader down with a hamstring injury. And Tyler O'Neal out with a ulnar sublocation. Ulnar nerve sublocation <laughs> in his okay. elbow. That, that sounds real bad. Yeah. Um, so the Cardinals outfield looks like a disaster with Ozuna, Fowler, and Jose Martinez out there. Oof. The worst offensive outfield yeah, in baseball. It's tough. Um, you know, both injuries are, are not good looks. I mean, Bader's calling card is his speed. This is a soft tissue injury. That's the last thing you want to see for a speed guy. Um, O'Neal, the elbow injury is normally one that a pitcher deals with. Um, I know that Jacob deGrom dealt with it a few years ago. I believe that um, Michael Fulmer also dealt with it. Um, but I mean, it, I, I have no idea how long it's going to take for a hitter. Uh, I don't know that they've put a time frame on it. I think it's indefinite, but I think you're going to be missing Tyler O'Neill for quite a while. And I know he was a popular sleeper. Um, so, long story short, Jose Martinez.
1: Yep. Are you grabbing him, or do you think um, that is not worthwhile? Uh, at the in a in a twelve team in, in deeper leagues, definitely. If he's on the wire, definitely. Um, twelve team. There's there's so many guys out there right now offensively. I know. Um, and 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 I like Martinez. You know, he's going to hit for high average, which. Is probably the hardest stat to come by right now, so that's a that's a big plus if you're in an average league, which you probably are. Um, but it's based on team comp. Um, I, I like I like Martin as, as an ad. If he's gonna get every day at bats, he'll be he'll be good. Not yeah. my cup of tea.
0: Yeah i I like him as an ad, um, but again, like you said, you're, you're you're hitting the nail right in the head, which is. What is the situation of the league? I mean, what's the depth of the waiver wire? What's the depth of the league? Um, you know, he's he's certainly not in front of the t- first two guys we're going to talk about that we spotlight tonight in my mind, um, and that's just because even with the playing time cleared, I mean, I could see them calling somebody up just to play center. I mean, honestly, because, yeah, yeah, it's bad because I mean, Fowler and but Fowler's not, Fowler's not. He's probably the best of the three. He's definitely the best of the three, but that doesn't say much. It doesn't
1: say much. Jose is, is one of the worst ever. But Well, I mean, um,
0: Ozuna's had some real adventures out there early this year. I mean, he had that play where he jumped up on the wall <laughs> before the ball got there. Yeah, that was, that was um, great. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It makes me very leery about the pitching staff, though, especially the guys that, that tend to give up fly balls. I mean, yeah. Michaelis might be OK being in the infield, but I, I don't know. That outfield is, a, is really bad on paper yeah. right now.
1: He's, he's, he's Martinez is like Brantley without the steals, basically. Like that line will be his line, but with, me, with, with less upside for average.
0: Yeah, and maybe a little more upside for power. I I would give him a
1: little bit more on the power. He needs a swing change. This launch angle is like nothing.
0: Yeah, he does. He needs a swing change.
1: Okay, let's move to our
0: player spotlights. Um, I hinted at this guy uh, just now, uh, Christian Walker, first baseman for the Diamondbacks. Uh, He was a recent waiver wire ad for me. After today, he's got six bombs with two steals. He hit one today. Uh, Going two for five. He also had a ground rule double. He's long shown power in the minors. He's been a guy that's just been kind of bouncing around a bunch of different organizations, almost a Quad A guy. Um, hasn't really ever gotten the chance to play. He used to be with the Orioles, and he was blocked by you know three different guys at that point: Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo, and uh, Trey Mancini. Um, And he's ended up in Arizona now. Um, Was originally blocked by Jake Lamb. Lamb got hurt, and before he got hurt, he was struggling and Walker was making the most of his playing time. So I think he's going to take this job. He's making hard contact at an incredible 70-plus percent rate. Now, obviously, young season, um, small sample um, size caveats apply, but that's impressive over even a small sample like this. I mean, he is literally second in the major leagues behind Joey Gallo, um, and he's within the top five with, I believe, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, The walk rate has been floating around 10%. He's been putting up a livable K rate between the mid to high 20s. Uh, He's got a middle of the lineup role. There's an easy path for him to stick in an outfield corner or staying at first base, um, being that Jake Lamb was last meaningful in 1988. So, I mean, I think that there's a way for him to play. Uh, The toss-in steals are a nice bonus as well. I view him kind of as a similar story to Jesus Aguilar. I mean, he's a right-handed first baseman. He never really got a chance, has always shown plenty of power and was always intriguing enough. But Lady Luck has finally given him the opportunity now, and he's impressed, and I think he's going to run with
1: it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, And props to uh, Paul Sporer, who was all over him in the offseason. You know, he was right. The the power is certainly there. I mean, like you said, the hard contact is there, but – just to add on with some stat cast numbers, the exit velo is 90, over 95. It's 95.3, so that's, you know, Gallo Judge territory. Yeah, that's exceptional. It's Yeah, and the launch angle is actually down, which is amazing because if that comes up, I mean, he was at 18.7 last year, 16 the year before that. Now he's at 13.8. So the pot potential is, is huge. I don't know how he sat on the waiver wire for so long. I'm, I'm annoyed that you got him because I – there's just too many. There's there's a lot of good hitters out there, and it's kind of like you had to pick and choose. And Walker, um, depending on team comp, um, I I personally needed bombs, and I I probably should have picked them up, but I fell asleep at the wheel, and you got regrets because I think we have a true uh, power breakout here. This kid's gonna be special, and he steals bases. Yeah, and
0: and onto your point about the launch angle, I'm not even so sure I want the launch angle to to change all that much because right now the batted ball profile is kind of flat across the board mm-hmm. and i kind of like that for a plus babbitt, yep. which I, I think i'd rather have him at like 275 25 to 30 than have mm-hmm. him at 250 30 plus um and that's the sort of um batted ball profile he has right now i mean i think it's like a 25 ish percent line drive rate like a high thirties and then the high thirties ground ball fly ball rate. So he's almost one to one on the ground ball fly ball. Mm-hmm. And out of, with that kind of hard contact rate, that'll lead to a plus BABIP, which will help make up for some of the strikeouts. Um, but, you know, I think, I think either way he's going to be pretty good, um, you know, and, and I think he's got a, a a shot to really run with this job. So, and, and, I mean, I spoke about Jorge Soler a couple of weeks ago and we had you on, and that's the guy I dropped. And it's not because, I don't like Jorge Soler. It's just I was seeing what this guy was doing, and I was like, all right, well, Soler is nice and all, but this is this is a shot at a guy that could be, like I said, Jesus Aguilar. So I have hmm. to take it. Okay, who's your first guy tonight, Nick?
1: So we mentioned Josh Bell, so let's talk about him. Um, we were all over Josh Bell last year. It definitely didn't pan out at all. Just a Just like a shocking season kind of. I mean if you told me that he would end up with um 12 home, r- home runs I would have just been like no there's no like there's no possible way like his his floor I would have said was like 15 like his absolute floor but he went he went under the floor he went to the sub basement through the asphalt um and had a, and had a really shitty year but he showed up to camp this year jacked absolutely jacked he's in ridiculous shape um and he's crushing the ball like crazy right now and similar to similar to um to Christian, he he's he's the exit velo is up, uh, floating around ninety five. That launch angle's up from where it's been in years past. The plate approach has changed. He's swinging a lot less pitches outside the strike zone, twenty one point seven percent compared to twenty six uh twenty six percent last year. So he definitely made some kind of change. Um, the swinging strike is at a career low. Also, um, I test. I mentioned this to you last year where watching a lot of Bell, he had a really weird like follow-through with his swing. Afterwards, um, something with his wrist just looked completely off. And I, every at-bat, I'm like, why? It's just, it's just very, very odd. He changed it this year. That, whatever that problem was, I know this doesn't sound like the most analytical uh, breakdown, but whatever that was, it's gone. And his swing just looks a lot more natural and a lot better. Um, I think this year, Bell is really going to be who we thought he was. And he is at the cleanup spot on this team um I think the pirates do have kind of an underrated <laughs> offense um and i don't know I, I i really think he's in a belt like he might not get to thirty, but I think he's gonna put up like justin up i would say like a justin upton type uh power this year like twenty eight thirty thirty two maybe um with a really healthy average. He always hits for a pretty good average and good accounting sets so bell is on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues go pick him up now he's gonna be he's gonna be a really good player this year and in the future
0: yeah i mean it's always been about the swing change with him Uh, all the signs are encouraging but they're also not drastic i mean the pull percentage is up fly ball percentage is up but he's he's a guy that has always tinkered and we've seen surges from him before where He's hit the ball in the air more, and then he's gone back to the swing with the, with the ground ball profile and, and decided to go the other way more rather than pulling the ball. He tends to switch back and forth. Um, and, and you really hit the nail on the head in terms of the swing, and I've never really liked the swing. I, I don't know how to describe the issue, but it's always been like he has like a little hitch in his wrist, wrist yeah, when he comes weird. through the zone. And, and Nick, frankly, I'm still seeing it, man. Like I, I, I looked at his swing a couple, I looked, at this, I looked at a couple of like videos of him swinging the bat just to see if that was still there. And it, it's maybe a little less pronounced, but still, I, I still see that like, like crink in his wrist yeah. as he comes through the zone and like the bat, like the wrist spirals. Turns. It's weird. Yeah, it's It's very weird. Um, and, you know, and maybe it's just, it's just him and it's just the way it works and it's not that big of a deal, but it's something I've always had my eye on. I have very little doubt he's capable of 25 yaks as if he's putting the ball in the air and it's going to the pole side. But you need to keep your eye out because if he starts going oppo in terms of his fly balls in large proportions, that's where he gets into trouble because he just doesn't have the power to the opposite field.
1: Give me a, give me a projection for him, uh, home runs and batting average.
0: Well, right now I'd probably put him at about twenty three, twenty four. I'd put him just shy of twenty five.
1: And,
0: and I'd put him at about two sixty five, two seventy. Okay. Yeah, because he's never been a plus Babip guy either. And that stems from apple fly balls and pulled grounders.
1: And what about the big I mean, he like I said, he showed up to camp in really good shape and it's paid dividends because the the, the exit velo is way up. I mean
0: yeah, but it could I, also be a hot streak. You know, I mean, uh, I, I've just yeah, never—I've right. never been the biggest fan of the guy. Like, I, I've acknowledged the fact that, like, I love the play skills. The plate skills are great. Um, he doesn't strike out a lot. That gives him the sort of foundation to be a high average guy with with good power. But mm-hmm. he's just never quite put all the pieces together, and I'm just not sold that it's there yet because the. The, the profile just isn't a drastic like, enough change for me to really, really buy in at this point. Okay. My next guy is Chris Sale. Uh, <laughs> talked about him three weeks in a row, but I mean, the, the news keeps developing. Uh, this, this situation is very fluid. So the other night he was mid to upper nineties on his fastball. To me, that's step one. Uh, the results were still poor, but I'm less worried about the command piece here because I think I, I have confidence in sale to get the command figured out, especially given his track record. The velocity is the piece that I was worried about because one, it there's no, there was no guarantee it would come back. And two, he it, it also indicated that he was still dealing with an injury or something was still bothering him when he's back up to mid to high nineties. I'm not as worried about that. Um, last week I was a buyer now I'm trying to get as many shares as I can from a distressed owner. Honestly, if you're a buyer, you probably need to wait one for one more bad start because everyone has the same thought now. Hmm. The Velo is back. Everything else is a matter of time. But one more bad start, even with the Velo back, and I think an impatient owner may be willing to jump ship. Now I think maybe they're holding a little tighter than they were last week.
1: Yeah, that's I, I agree because I'm in that spot right now trying to buy him. <laughs> and the exact response I got was, Night, just like this, ready? The response was nine, nine, eight, and a fire emoji next to it. So, <laughs> um, and you know who that was from. Yep. So, 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 yeah, I think it's definitely a good buying opportunity. I watched the entire game versus the Yankees. Um, and we absolutely we didn't, I know, I know, I think we scored us four runs on them, right? Total. Um, I think it might have been worse than that. Let me check. I think it was four, but. Regardless of what it was, it was a lot – what I said after the game was it was a lot worse than it was because every ball that was hit was absolutely scorched. Um, It was the most barrels as a team the Yankees have had all year in any any game against any pitcher. Um, So we absolutely roped him. Um, Sale was actually extremely frustrated during the game, went into the dugout – you know, was cursing up a storm, ran into the ran into the back into the tunnel, and um, you know he's really frustrated, and he was hitting his marks throughout the night. I mean, he didn't throw many hangers. I, I think it was kind of an unlucky start. And it was four runs. It was four runs. Yeah, I think it was kind of an unlucky start. And you know, the guys that hit him that night are guys that are absolutely scorching hot right now, like Clint uh, Clint Frazier. Um, and who else did damage that night? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I just remember saying after the game, like, this was kind of, I was like, damn, he looks good. Like, I I wanted to buy him after the game, even though he gave up the four runs. So, like you said, w- one more start with the VLO, and maybe the owner has no excuses, okay? He's, even with the VLO, he stinks, so go buy. And, yeah, I'm 100% with you. I'm buying. I'm buying big time. All right, let's move to your next guy. All right. Jorge Jorge Polanco. Um, aka uh, it, Ted Williams batting 429 right now. How could you not be? <laughs> yeah, how could you not be? I mean, he's batting 429 with a 484 OBP. Um, he has a 477 Babip. He's uh, you know, the, the, the batting average is definitely going to come down. Uh, we're sure of that. Um, but Listen, I was all – me and Joey, I think more more than you were all over him this offseason. Um, we kind of had a conversations where we're going to be battling on draft day for this guy, yada, yada, yada. And he was going like 220th overall uh, as far as ADP goes. I had him in every single draft I was in. I said, no, Matt, this is one of those guys I'm going to get. I'm not going to miss out on him. And I'm, I had him penciled in in the 12th round um, in every single draft. And the reason is this. uh, He's got a very, very good batted ball – pro batted ball – profile he's got which um, he's a smart hitter and you pair that with the fact that if you look at last year's stat cast and um, the the power upside that he has and the, the steel up the stolen base upside that he has because he's in the top 50 in sprint speed um, the launch angle is at 21 which is ridiculous and I don't know I think that we have the making here. Of a possible absolute superstar. I, I, I really do. I've watched a lot of him this year. And tonight he missed a home run by an inch. I don't know if you saw it, but yes, he actually I thought it was a home run. He thought it was a home run. I and thought it, and it was a home run quick. too. <laughs> Me too. I thought they were going to review it. And I actually saw it. a couple um, but, of those today where
0: they didn't review it. And I was like, why are
1: they not taking a look at that? What am I missing? Yeah. And he, cr- that ball got out in a hurry. Yeah, no, it so was, it was smoked. It was, it was smoked. Um, and, I, you know, I the, I think that with the Twins, you, the Twins have gotten um, a bad name discount, which they're not that bad of a team, but guys like Nelson Cruz, you know, he, he was really far because of eligibility and the team, I think. Kepler's never really got his respect because he's a twin. Uh, the Twins have been bad over the last couple of seasons. They're not a big run-scoring team, so I think that helped Polanco's stock go down. But, you know, just looking at last year alone and his ADP this year, like, you had to be crazy – um, to not be all over this guy. And he's putting it together right now. I think that what we could have is um, this year, 2020, really good average. But in the future, I kind of see Francisco Lindor written on this guy a little bit. I don't know if he could get to 38 or 35. But the way he's swinging the bat right now, he's got kind of a Jose Ramirez-esque swing, that nice scoop swing, and he could pull the crap out of the ball. I don't know. I think he could be eventually be – call me crazy i really think it could be a 30 home run bat in the future with 15 20 plus steals and a really good average i think we have a true breakout on our hands and um i don't think it's going to be this year that he belts 30 but i he's going to hit 2020 20 respectively with with a 300 average
0: yeah i was on this guy as well i mean and he's dialed in right now i mean you can just see it um he was available in like 70 percent of leagues last week which was Mind-boggling to me. It was like the entire fantasy baseball community what? on Yahoo. Yeah, he was at like a 29% ownership last week. How is that possible? I, he was. Yeah, we I decked, drafted him in the 12th round. We, well, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. He, was, he, was, he was free in a lot of leagues, and um, I couldn't figure out why. I mean, it was like people didn't watch the first two weeks of the season. Uh, the swing looks great. The ball's flying off his bat to the pull side when he's making the contact. Um, and he's got the speed and athleticism, the swipe bags, Um, you know, does he have that kind of upside? I mean, with the way he's going right now, um, you know, if he was to be able to sustain it, uh, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think he's going to this year, as you hinted at, but I can very easily see like a low to mid-20s power with like a low 20s to high teens speed. Hitting two in a lineup that's pretty deep and, like you said, is underrated. He's got guys behind him that can drive him in, in Cruz and Rosario and Crone. And and you and I both are very high on Max Kepler as well. Um, so hitting two, he gets the opportunity to drive Kepler in. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with it. I, I think that he looks great. And, and I think that um, the hype that you're placing on him is, is warranted because I, I don't see – a lot of holes here. He looks dialed in, and um, when he's when he's getting a hold of one, there's there's not really much
1: doubt about it at this point. I have a very very good question for you. Sure, I'm really curious where we're going to be on this because I I I think we're going to disagree. Who would you have? Who would you rather have this year going forward? This year alone, mm-hmm. Jorge Polanco or Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, Polanco. Wow. Okay. For me, it's Tatis, and it's not close. But okay, I just wanted well, to know Well,
0: i say, I'll say it. It for me. It's Falongo, and it's not
1: close. <laughs> All right, interesting. Well, I have, I have Tatis on here, so we'll get to that. Yeah, it. Well, Wait, do I? Oh, no, I don't. You don't. No. You talked about him last time. Wait, you can talk about
0: him again later. Like, later in the season. Fine, go. Okay, so um, we're going to stick at the shortstop position. You're talking about Elvis Andrus. Joe was a year early, or a year <laughs> too late, or, or both. Elvis looks fantastic having already racked up three homers and four steals on the young season as the three hole hitter in an underrated lineup. Um, he's looking like a significant value. Uh, I've been very impressed with the quality of his at bats more than anything. Now he's obviously got some regression coming his way. The Babbitt at 462 isn't staying there, but I don't see any reason why he can't be in the proximity of the player we saw in 2017. Uh, and frankly, um, he's the perfect trade chip too. I mean, in most formats, he's an expert piece. You find a team that's struggling at shortstop or middle infield. You pair Elvis with another piece, or you get an upgrade. Or you take the piece that you drafted in front of him, whoever that may be, and trade for a need. Um, I think Elvis is, is pretty for real. Um, sort of the inverse of what I talked about with Polanco. I think he's more likely to be high teens power and low 20 speed with like a – 275, 280 average. Um But, yeah, I, I think this is pretty for real. I've watched him a lot, and I think that uh he's got himself in a nice situation, and they're letting him run, despite the fact that he's hitting in front of guys like Mazzara and Gallo. Um So I'd be I'm, – I'm pretty optimistic that yeah. Elvis is going to be a, a top 12, top 10 shortstop this year, um, even with the position seeming to be –
1: uh, pretty loaded. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. Except that I, I don't know if I think I think with Andrus, he's the kind of guy that you draft and you just hold on to because I don't think even if he even if he goes wild, just just by name, I really don't think he'll ever carry that much value. He's just one of those guys that will continuously kind of like fly under the radar at drafts and and provide year after year. And I don't know if he um holds that much trade value. Unless it's unless unless the team really needs speed, maybe, but I think he's just that kind of guy that like you draft and he'll and you he's on your team and that's it. because like, 'cause you'll never get what you what you should for him. Do you kind of agree with that?
0: Yeah, well that's why I said, you know, you could potentially um trade the piece that you have in place of him. You know, like you, you drafted somebody and then you drafted Andrews, right? So you mm-hmm. trade the guy that you drafted in the first place for something else that you need. Oh and yeah, you okay. just hold on Andrus,
1: and you you know Yes that's you take a, the that's goodness. a good Yep, definitely. Like if you drafted let's just say Korea and then took Andrus later, you could get for you know, the world for Korea. That's that's a good point. Yep. I'm I'm with it. Okay, who you got next? Uh, bu- 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 let me pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. Ah, you Darvish. Okay. So, Darvish, interesting. I don't, did you speak about him last week? Uh, we did, but I'm interested to hear your take. Okay. So, here's my take. and I, First of all, my take is on Joey is that he's biased because he owns him, and he doesn't want to admit that Darvish stinks. But I watched, <laughs> um, I watched three of Darvish's starts this year from start to finish um, because I, I had him crazy high on my rankings going to the year. Uh, he looked, he looked and, and said everything he had to say perfectly, uh, in spring training and the velo was there. So we were all, we were all on him. Um, but I, it inflated his ADP to a point where I was like, "Yeah, I'm not taking the risk this high. And this is the reason why, um, his control right now is horrendous. He is completely missing the plate. He is afraid to throw his fastball for some reason in the right situations um, like I watched the last game and I'm just like, why he, he kept going back to the slider, 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 and it wasn't working. I'm like, buzz him in with the, you're throwing 98 miles per hour, throw the fastball. And he would, he was going around guys, three, two count outside it's a sweeping slider walk. And, 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 and just like very Robbie Ray esque. he's throwing like Robbie Ray right now. Um, I just, for me, he doesn't look like the way he used to look and that's why people drafted him this year because they were hoping that okay he's finally fully um healthy and the Velo is back he's going to be the old U garbage but that's just not the case uh, he's all over the place and his the the way he's pitching like his 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 pitch mix throughout the games and his pitch choices are just odd and i don't think he's going to be uh any good this year and if you have someone that's willing to 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 buy low on him but pay a good price, I would sell him while you can. Because you still – not only do you have the fact that he's struggling with control and has been horrible this year, but you will still have the injury risk that, that you're holding on to. So if you could get something in good in return, decent – like maybe the guy who drafted Cole Hamels is like, oh, let me sell a hot Hamels for, for you know, Darvish who's struggling. I, I would do that if I was a Darvish owner. Hamels has proven himself. He, he's good, but he still has the name where eh, it's Cole Hamels. Um, so I would look to sell Darvish, even though he's low right now. I, I just think he's going to get even lower, and then you're going to be screwed.
0: Um, I'm, I'm still on the other side of the coin here. I, I mean, I, I think that I, I don't know that you're going to be able to get a hell of a lot for him at this point.
1: So that's one part of it. What about that? What about the Hamels idea? Like with the Hamels owner, you think trade? Like, I think that's, I think that I think most Hamels owner owners would sell high on Hamels. I think, I think it really depends on it. it, I
0: mean, obviously everything is team context, right? So, I mean, if, if Hamels is sort of a, a necessary piece of your rotation, like sort of a, a stabilizer, um, and you need him because you've got, some risk reward or some guys that are off to a bad start. I don't know that I would do it. If vacuum, you were, who
1: would you rather have?
0: I think I'd rather have Darvish. Wow. Okay. I think I'd rather Surprise. take my shot that Darvish is, uh... I mean, he's still got, he's still got the K upside. I mean, he's still got the stuff. It's just a matter of harnessing it. And, um, you know, the fact that he's struggling with command is is not necessarily foreign. I mean, obviously, he's, he's a guy that has always lived on the command fringes. And as I said to Joe last week, you know, because we were kind of talking about Sale and, and Darvish. I mean, with Sale, there's not really much of a track record for an ace just completely falling off the map and losing it entirely. Um, there is a very long history of guys that have lived on the command fringes, losing it and losing it forever. Um, So Darvish does make me nervous in that sense, but I also know that he's got the type of skills that very few pitchers in Major League Baseball do have. um, And I'm willing to buy into that as – He sort of gets re-acclimated to the big leagues after this most recent injury and maybe Mm. takes off as the weather gets warmer, which we've seen him do in the past. Okay, let's talk about Nick Pavetta. Um, You may have noted he was omitted from the news because I wanted to talk about him here. He was sent down. Uh, I don't recall where you stood on him, Nick, but uh, I I I can tell you where I stood. And I was firmly on the side of that. It's a lot of fluff and not a lot of substance. Um, some of the key ingredients are certainly there, but I think the individual parts are better than the whole, um, good, but inconsistent breaking stuff, a fastball. That's got some velo, but inconsistent command. Um, he's also a guy that can throw it inside the zone, but not wherever he wants inside the zone. Um, and to me, this is just the crush, cautionary tale of of looking at FIP and ex-FIP and believing the sun is going to come out tomorrow. Um, Jared ikoff is coming up, who I actually like a little bit, but first starting cores. I don't want to do that. Although if tonight is any indication where they've gone six shutout innings, um, maybe maybe it's not a bad thing. Um, so I wouldn't be starting Eikoff right out there, but I do think he's talented. He's a guy to keep an eye on. And this is not necessarily the end for Pavetta, but – Man, if you drafted him inside the top 40 or 35 where he was being projected, this is kind of rough. Um, You know, it's sort of interesting. He's under team control for one more year, and then he's got three years ARB. I think he's like the perfect guy for like a Kansas City or Miami to get in a trade. I just don't know what they would give up, but um, I, I think he might be a guy that may need a change of scenery in a different ballpark.
1: Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, sorry, I lost you for a second.
0: Yeah, I just said that I, I think Pavetta is like the type of guy that needs to change a change the scenery. and I think he'd be too better in a different
1: situation, different ballpark. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, so what, what, do you know what his uh, ownership percentage is right now? Oh, I do not. All right. Let me check. Well, it's definitely like really low. I mean, right? He's got to be, now that he's sent down. Well, now probably...
0: that he was sent down, he's probably,
1: yeah, he's See, probably low. I'm probably stashing him, honestly. I, I still like him. I don't really care. Um I just like the ratios and I like the K upside. Um I
0: don't have any issue with
1: stashing him if you've got like the minor league spot. Alright, good. Um I wouldn't
0: I wouldn't object to that. That's fine. Okay. Um, um let me see. Let's see what the
1: ownership is. Uh, out. This is very Francesca esque. As you 40, do. take for your notes, forty-one percent. <laughs> okay, Yacht. wow. Apparently. All right, so not higher than I thought. Still, People yeah, still that's
0: gonna it. that's gonna go down. Some of these leagues are weekly leagues,
1: so yeah. they haven't dropped yet. Uh, all right, so my next guy. Um, let's uh, let's stick with the Phillies and talk about Aaron Nola. Um, so, Nola's off to a really, really, really bad start, and it's not like you, Darvish. It's like a lot worse than you, uh, He's <laughs> He's been absolutely awful. So I think this is a really good buying opportunity. I know that the person who drafted Noel really high, and people were really high on him this year. Analysts were going crazy over him all offseason. Um, but now it's been – how many starts has it been? Four. And he has not turned in one single good start. He's walking the world. He's not striking as many guys out as last year. Um the FIP and next FIP are not that much lower than the ERA. The Babip is high, but it's not crazy high. I mean, it's 308. Um, he's just getting he's getting destroyed right now. Uh he's his home run his home run per nine is two point three three. Um having said that, bye. Bye, bye, take my money, buy, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you. The, the, we spoke the, about
0: him last week, and you know, I think it's got to do with, I think he's just honestly been running into a lot of bad homer luck, and it's causing him to kind of panic a little bit, and, um, you know, walk guys, nibble, um, not trust his stuff as much, mm-hmm. and I think he'll settle down.
1: Yeah, and there's listen, there's no change in velo, um, you know, he's. He is walking a lot more guys. That definitely has a lot to do with it as well. And he's always been a guy who's had good command and control. So that 5.12 based on ball for nine, that's definitely going to drop soon. Um, and, you know, he's still inducing 50% ground ball rate. Um, in The positives, he has the velo. I just think that um, he's in a bad, bad slump, which a lot of this – is, this is an every year thing we go through this every year where one of these top pitchers gets is absolutely horrible. Um, and it just, it, it, it's a good buying opportunity. And yeah, the
0: only issue, the only issue this year is that there's like seven of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But, but with Nola, um, I don't know. I think that since he's kind of a new ace, kind of uh, a newer ace, I think that he could be had for the right price. And if you have a guy like Luis Castillo, and you could package him with um, someone who's been a bit lucky. Um, I can't think of anyone else who, who I'm not as who's, – who's been doing well, but maybe a Shane Bieber. Like, I would probably do Bieber and Castillo for Nola, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I really like Bieber, but not this much.
0: Okay, Um, I want to talk about Jesse Winker. Um, So, I mean, I think this is sort of a mixed bag here. Um, The big piece is the one we've been waiting on to see if it would materialize. I think both of us were saying last year that we expected the power to come uh, based on the way he finished in 2017. And then in spring training, we saw some more fly balls, and, and also in particular the fact that he plays in Cincinnati. So four homers so far, we'd like to see that. Plenty of hard contact, great, decent batted ball profile. would like to see a little more in the air because that 30.8% percent home to fly ball rate is not going to hold. Um, the negatives, the K rate's up over 20%. The walks are down to 7%. I think that's just noise, but it certainly bears watch- watching. Swing strike rate's just at 7%. Um, so it just might be that he's being a little too passive at the top of the lineup and getting himself too deep in the counts, and that's why the K rate is where it is. Um, he started slow last year, too, you will recall, before the power came, and then he got hurt. I would be buying Winker. The Reds generally have been bad, and I think there's more to come here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if you could bet on anything, it's that that average is going to take a huge jump. He's at a 143 BABIP right now. Yeah, which makes average. no sense. Yeah, none at all. I don't even know that's possible. But, um, yeah, but the good thing is he's got four home runs. So, listen, what you have here is uh, – Kind of two fluky things. I I don't know if he'll keep up the home run pace, um, and and he definitely won't keep up the average pace. I think they both are going to kind of go in opposite directions going forward. To me, he's a two eighty five easy plus hitter, and he'll get there at some point this year. Even with you know he's got fifty six plate appearances already, but I still think that he's he's that good of a hitter. Well, he'll still get it over two eighty five. He will get some stolen bases. He will definitely get some more home runs. And, well, you know, I, last year, I, I feel like Winker's going to be our kind of Brandon Belt for, like, we're just never going to get off the ship, the Jesse Winker <laughs> ship, it's because true. he's got such a sexy plate approach, you know. Um, and like you said, the base on ball and the K percentages, they're definitely going to shift. Like, I would bet my life on it. There's no way he finishes any year in his career with over a 20% K rate or under a 9% walk rate. So um, it's definitely a good buying opportunity. And this is a guy who um, isn't proven, but is, you know, has been every analyst's dream over the last couple of seasons, but he's having a really bad start. And I think you could have, you could get him for practically nothing right now. So go out and do it.
0: Okay. Let's move to your next guy.
1: All right. My next guy, Joey Gallo. Oh my God. All right. So I said it the other day in our chat, every time he hits a home run, I lose another follicle. He is the reason why I'm going (laughs) completely bald. Uh and I had him locked in every single mock draft that I took. I'm like, I'm taking him this high. But some jerk took him way higher than he should have. Well, than I wanted him to. And um Gallo has been just absolutely ridiculous. Um we always said like the magic number for Joey Gallo is like 220, like 230 would be sick. Like he'd be absolutely ridiculous he would hit like 60 home runs but he's floating around 230 right now he's at 226 um the K rate is starting to come up he was at 33 percent um a couple of days ago and I was like oh my god if he stays at 33 percent he is going to be like absolutely insane but it took a huge jump this week now it's at 36 three percent in like the matter of three games so he's back to striking out a lot bottom line is this Um, this year, like during, during the draft, I'm like, all right, Chris Davis's stock is finally like really, really high. And, um, Joey Gallo is going 50 picks or 60 picks later and, and will get you probably more home runs and 30 to 40 points less than average. Now he's sitting at 230 or 228, whatever it is. Um, And if this keeps up, if if he is able to stay over 220 this year, he is going to hit 50 home runs and bat in 100 and whatever RBIs and steal close to 10 bags and finish as a top, like, 30 overall player. So I know right now is a really tough time to go out and buy Gallo because the Gallo owner is very happy with the pop and everything that's going on with the batting average. Um, but you got to be excited right now that he's hitting. I mean, I, I know it's still really early, but it's 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 fifteen plus plate appearances, and he's batting two twenty eight, That I mean, it's it's happening. Do you think it's going to keep happening? Is the question? Um. No, I don't. I I I I think that
0: the strikeout rate issues are certainly still there. Um, there's not a significant change. Um, well, there is actually, now that I'm looking at it. I mean, there is a change in the bat of ball profile. I don't know if it's for better. <laughs> he's, he's getting more line drives, which could just be noise compared to the fly balls. But he's also got a 40% ground ball rate, which is bizarre for him. And I think that's, I yeah, but the,
1: the O-swing, Pat, the O-swing. Well, the O-swing has always been good. He's always known how to take a walk. But no, it's, it's like really, really low this year. Like he's at 25.4. It's,
0: it's low compared to where he's been. Yeah. he still got the 17.2% swinging strike rate.
1: I don't know. Um, the, swinging strike, but the swinging strike is a career low. What I'm saying is this. The swinging strike is a career low the O swing is a career low. So he's, he's making changes. And I think that these changes could warrant a 220 plus batting average is my point. Like that. I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to finally do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if he's going to walk more, right.
0: Like he doesn't necessarily like, cause that's just going to lessen the amount of at bats and that'll um, lower the amount that he needs to hit. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, get his yeah. in order to produce an average, which is why he's at 226 at this point. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's been it's been two straight years of like 209, 206. I, I said it before the year. I'll believe the 225 when I see it, and I think that's the top line, not 250 like we used to think. Um, I think True Town. He's like a 210, 205 guy. Hmm so um that's what i have him as until i find something that really makes me believe you're right the o swing is encouraging um, and the swinging strike but but the whole well one has to do with the other but the the but like i mean you know i look at the bad ball profile and that's a mess right now i mean like that's that just indicates to me that there's it's still it's still a very small sample and we still have a long way to go Okay, and with that, let's move it to uh, Tyler Glass now. Um, I- I'm going to take the big fat L here. I mean, he's been fantastic. He was terrible in spring. Um, apparently, he was he was experimenting with a leg kick, uh, trying to throw off hitter timing, which I don't think makes a lot of sense, uh, given the fact that he's got you know, 97, 98 on his fastball. Um, the biggest thing that's stunning to me is that 1.13 walks per nine currently and how – composed he seems on the mound. He was always a guy that was sort of struggling for feel. Um, He looks fantastic. Um, Now, if I do own him and I don't, but if I did, and I've got someone willing to pay me top dollar, I would probably do it. I don't think the walks are going to stay at this level. Um, They won't regress to the land of four plus, I don't think. But somewhere between three to three and a half per nine is probably where I expect them to end up. Homers are also going to come back, working up in the zone with that velocity and inside the AL East, but I'm definitely more of a believer now than I was at any point this spring. I have no shares, and I completely regret it.
1: Yeah, I liked, I liked Glasnow a lot heading into the season um, uh, because there was some rumors that he was going to undergo a, a, a new pitch or add a new pitch to his pitch mix. That didn't come to fruition, um, but he's looked great regardless. In my opinion, it's definitely um, selling time best he'll ever be at any point this season, but like he's pitching like Clayton Kershaw right now and he's not, um, I, I really don't think you could rely on just two pitches and be that successful. Um, I don't know if you disagree with that, but can you, if, if you do disagree with that, can you name another pitcher who was coasted with two pitches? If you disagree. What was that? Rich Hill. Well, he's just curveball fastball. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good point. And his fastball comes in at like ninety one, where Glasnow comes in at like a hundred. Yep. So that's a good point. Um, well, listen, I, I do like him. I think that it is a good sell, a selling uh, time. I like there are guys I like better straight up. I, I like Musgrove better. He's got the huge pitch mix, um, and he's pitching excellent right now. He's got excellent command. He does not walk anyone. We don't have to worry about his base on balls shooting up as we do with Glasnow's. Um, So I would probably, even though, yeah, you you could definitely get more than Musgrove. I'd probably ask for Musgrove and maybe a closer or Musgrove and um, a back-end starter, uh, maybe a Musgrove-Cahill combination. Um, But I'm definitely selling Glasnow right now.
0: Yeah, I I think you can do better than that um, just based upon the pedigree and the sort of obscene VL. Um, I'd be targeting somebody higher, not okay. lower. Um, okay, so who you got next?
1: All right, let's see. Well our list is long. with the credit have to cut it short start driving this stupid tractor. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna mention quick Clint Frazier. Uh, if anyone's I'm not gonna dive into him neither you don't have to either, but if anyone's watched this guy play, um, he is really, really, really good. You need to add him if he's on the way of the wire, the guy is crushing. And even when guys come back from injuries, he's up. He's staying up now. He's, he's just been awesome. Um, the guy I want to jump into next, though, let's talk about Bumgarner. Um, because Bumgarner is definitely one of the most – well, definitely has been the most debatable guy in the offseason and continues to be so, um, even though he's off to a good start. Um, because he's – the velo still isn't back up to where it's been. Um, and people think that maybe he's going to regress. But I've watched his starts. Um, He's another guy that I've probably watched every single start he's been in so far this year. And he – I've said it in the past. He's a guy that really doesn't have to um, uh, uh, depend on velocity. It's definitely a plus, and and it has added to his strikeout totals. Um, But being in San Francisco, it's not – a top priority for a guy who has insanely elite command, um, excellent breaking stuff, and just knows how to control the plate. Uh, he similar 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 to Alex Wood, but obviously a lot better. I mean, a- Alex Wood has made his career, uh, pretty much doing the same thing, just hitting his marks. Um, and I think that with Bumgarner, I just I think that anyone who had him way lower than his ADP was really crazy this year. Uh, I drafted him. Well, I, I think I traded for him, actually. I, I traded for him on draft day. Um, and I've been really happy with what I've what I've seen so far. I think that it's going to continue. Um, and it's still, you know, we're in April. So just remember that, like, April in San Fran, it's really cold up there. And it's been really cold start to start. And the Velo's been the same as it was last year. So there is a chance that, as we get into the warmer months, that we could see that go up, which would be huge. But but here's the thing. If you buy him now as he is, um, you're still going to get good ERA, good K to base on ball, good ratios, all that good stuff, good whip. Um, but the upside is that the v, the VLO does improve as the year goes on. So I, I love Mad Bum uh, is my point. And I, and I think that uh, if you drafted him, uh, you got to be happy with what you're seeing so far.
0: See, but my my concern with him, and you know, admittedly, it's a small sample, but uh, guys are still making really, really good contact off him. Um, his hard contact allowed fifty one percent. He's given up one point seven three homers per nine. Um, now, I mean, he does have some some luck coming his way. His left on base percentage is at sixty three point two percent that's probably going to um, shift in the other direction. And that probably has a lot to do with the homers per nine being where they are. Um, and San Francisco, you're right. We'll make up for some of that as the year wears along, but he's also not going to be, I don't think he's going to be in San Francisco all year.
1: Um, yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, if he gets traded to like Milwaukee, it's its not going to end well.
1: Yeah. But what if he goes to the Astros, then he's going to be throwing like 98 miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. That'll see solve all his problems. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of like lukewarm. I, okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I see him a lot
1: different than Kyle Hendricks. To be have honest you, with you. At have this you, point. Have, have you watched a uh, Bumgarner starts at all this? Season? I haven't watched a lot of him. No. All right. I would recommend just watching uh, soon. If you can, I think you'll okay. change your mind.
0: All right. Yep. I will uh, try and pencil in his next start
1: whenever it is. <laughs> and I have two minutes. So let's go. Let's move. Okay. All right.
0: So I want to talk about Austin Meadows. I oh, mean, fans, so good. I mean, we talked about glass. Now I've got to be sick between glass now and Meadows. Um although I, I doubt Glass now would have found it in Pittsburgh. On the other hand, Meadows looks like a budding superstar, five-tool guy. Um, he has a nice shift in his batter ball profile to help explain the increasing power, which anyone that looks at his lower half would know was in there. Um, Juice Ball may have accelerated it a bit, but Meadows looks legit. Patience is super impressive, up at 11% walk rate. He's been much more aggressive in recent years. We now have a half season of work for him between this year and last year 12 homers eight steals 303 batting average to me he's looking like a benintendi caliber talent i love what i've seen from him the rays are super fun to watch lots of emerging players there but meadows is probably the head of that class
1: Uh, well agreed i'd rather have fam over well
0: fam is an emerging
1: fam is already there okay all right. Yeah. No. Okay. Then, then, then I definitely agree. Yeah. Meadows looks friggin' awesome, and you need to own a ray. Even, even though it's not a fantasy stat, owning a ray doesn't give you points. It is awesome owning a ray. I have two of them. I have the J Man, and I have, uh, Fam, and it is awesome. And uh, Meadows is Meadows is going to be an absolute superstar. And I think he's. I think he actually has more of an upside than Benintendi So I think he can hit more home runs and still more bases. Where Benintendi will, I think, is going to wind up being just have a, have a very Michael Brantley esque career. Um so I I have a lot more guys I want to get to. Unfortunately I can't because I gotta go drive the stupid truck. So I'm gonna bring up Nico Goodrum before I go. Pat, who do I talk more about than anybody? Nico, Nico Goodrum. Goodrum. Yeah. Um I think that we have an absolute breakout star this year in, in Goodrum. Um the home runs haven't come as much as I'd like, but they're going to. Uh the exit velo is up, the launch angle is up, the hard contact is up, everything is up. The kid's got a really good plate approach. He's got good discipline. He walks. He's got good speed. Um, if you look at what he did last year and compare it to the other guys um, that were getting all the accolades, as far as um, you know, the other rookies that, that came up with him, he had a hundred less plate appearances, but um, basically paced out to Benintendi, he paced out to Correa. In fact, he surpassed them. Um, if you paced out some of his uh, some of the stats. So going further, I know the Tigers stink, quote unquote stink, but they don't stink. They're good. I like this team. I've I, this is another team I watched today again and I, Josh Harrison, I think he's underrated. He's a good leadoff guy. He gets on base. Miggy is starting to hit. Today he got a nice c- couple of hits on his birthday. Um you've got Nick Castellanos who's slumping but is going to turn it around. We've, we we like Mikey Matuk. We like a lot of guys in this lineup. Um I think Goodrum is a guy that's going to eventually hit, like, 30 home runs and steal 20 bases. That's right. Call me crazy. And he's going to hit, like, 270-plus. I love
0: Nico. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty obvious.
1: I love him. love him. He's, like, my favorite player in baseball. Legit. All right. Like, I was actually pretty
0: impressed with his swing today, but I don't think I'm anywhere in the same stratosphere as you are in terms <laughs> okay. of what, you, what I think you. Might Understood. Think. Okay, before before
1: you go, I have to get your thoughts on Kershaw. Um, um, I like him. I like him. I think he's fine. I don't care about the velo. Um, same points with Alex Wood. Same points with um, with Bumgardner. He's a, a a command freak. He's gonna control the zone, and the breaking stuff is ridiculous. So he's gonna he's the the k the k the k per nine is gonna be down, but I don't care. The ERA is still gonna be good and. He's definitely not going to be on the level as um, Scherzer and Degrom, and I think eventually Sale. But I think he's going to be uh, an excellent source of ERA, WHIP, um, we're definitely ratios. He's still not walking anyone, so so I'm I'm in, but I'm in um, at a price that he's probably a second or third tier pitcher.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think the, the velo concern is a bit overblown. I think I expect him to be extremely productive regardless. I think the issue becomes, um, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be productive. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to stay healthy. And that's yeah. all a question of your risk tolerance. And, you know, I'm a higher risk tolerance guy, so I'm, I'm all in. I would be willing to buy him. Um, yeah. You probably need a bad start to buy him at this point though, because he came back and he shut down, um, yep, I think it was the Brewers,
1: right? Yep, and the and the Kershaw, whoever took Kershaw in most drafts, over over, you know, drafted him higher than his AP because it's Kershaw. So they're like, ha ha ha, I got him, and you guys are idiots. So yep, yep, it'll exactly. Be tough to get him.
0: Okay, Nick, thanks a lot for hopping on. Oh, I gotta go.
1: No, we
0: <laughs> were yep. having a good show. Yep, and uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at PatrickFWO, and we will be back next week.
1: Guys, hey, wait. I can't plug myself? Go ahead, plug yourself. All right. Before I do that, I want you to listen to what 600 horsepower sounds like. No, don't do it. All right. (laughs) All right. It's Nick FWO, baby. Woo! All right. Thanks a bunch for listening, guys.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye.